This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. That's it. Essentially, the 2019 college football season is over. We have our conference championships coming up this Saturday, followed by the bowl games, and then, of course, the college football playoffs. But for the most part, the Devi dynasty talent that we enjoyed watching for the past 14 weeks, it's done. It has it has come and gone so fast. It seems like just yesterday we were watching the Miami versus Florida game and getting excited about all of that Debbie talent on the field. And now here we are. And it has been one of the more enjoyable college football seasons in recent memory. There are so many talented players in the collegiate game, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and the old seniors, right? It's just there is a wealth of talent and the game of college football is in a very good place. Uh, The high school kids who are coming in next year look absolutely fantastic. I'll do a show uh, later on this year or, you know, December, early January time, highlighting some of uh, those high school prep commits and where they're going to be going to college and how that affects the people that we know of now and and potentially how that impacts their Debbie stock here in the near future. But I have been reminded of a lesson that I learned my first year playing Debbie, this is my fourth year playing Debbie, and the first year I was told, do not devalue the depleted rookie draft picks. And every year, I have devalued them. I've thrown my 2020 first away. I've given away 2020 seconds. I've given away 2019 first and 2019 seconds because it's depleted. The rookie draft is depleted. The pool isn't that good, and there aren't going to be any players who pop and you know what for the fourth year I am kicking myself in the backside because I do not believe that I will be able to take advantage of such a talented class I don't know when because these 2020 depleted rookie draft picks are going to be absolutely fantastic and I am just I wish I had a couple of first I wish I still had a couple of seconds and I traded them all away in order to contend, in order to improve my roster at other areas. 
but it's it's a principle that I want you guys to really, really take heed to that each and every college football season, there are players who come out of nowhere to not only make a name for themselves, but but elevate their draft stock from unknown to first round, from undraftable to top 15, from Ohio State transfer to he looked okay at LSU to probably the 101 in super flex formats. And I'm talking about LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. I have talked about him on this podcast multiple times. And for the life of me, it's it's like I don't want to buy in, but he's so freaking talented. He is so good. I, I literally just tweeted something out a few minutes ago that he has thrown the ball 401 times so far this college football season. This is not including the SEC title game that he has versus Georgia. Georgia, this isn't including the two, probably two college football playoff games that he has in college. All of those stats accumulate for your, your, you know, your season totals. But up to this point, he has thrown the ball 401 times. He has 87 incompletions on the season. 87 incomplete passes. He's got 44 touchdowns, six interceptions, and he's second in the country in passing yards with over 4,300 in the SEC. We're talking about a quarterback at LSU. Joe Burrow is good. Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. If I were running a franchise, I would select Chase Young. But the Cincinnati Bengals, which they got a win today, they're probably going to end up with the first pick. They need a quarterback. They have a new head coach. They do have talent in Tyler Boyd, Nodden Tate, and Joe Mixon. They they invested a second-round pick in a tight end, Drew Sample, last year. So they need a quarterback. Their offensive line is going to be improved with Jonah Williams coming back, with the um, – with the, uh, the Price, Billy Price, the center out of Ohio State. And if, if Cordy Glenn can get on the field and figure out what's going on, they're going to be an improved team. In the AFC North, you're going to have to score points. With Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to score points. I'm pretty sure the Browns will get a new coach and turn it around. So Joe Burrow is going to be the guy. That's, that's what I believe. And he is legit. What he is doing week in and week out, this has to go down as one of the greatest single seasons from the quarterback position in college football history. It rivals what Lamar Jackson did his Heisman Trophy winning season at Louisville. It rivals what Tim Tebow was doing down at Florida. This has been an unprecedented rise for a player who nobody selected in Debbie startup drafts. And I mean absolutely nobody. So if you have the depleted 101 in the 2020 rookie draft in your Debbie League, congratulations, because you got the free square of all free squares in Joe Burrow. And if you have the 102 or 103 and 104, you're going to be in great shape as well, too. Why not take a shot on a Jalen Hurts who wasn't selected? You still have um, you know, enough capital to get some of these running backs and wide receivers that we all passed on in the startups. And I want to just, let's just look at what we were doing over the summer and leading into the college football season. And what I'm going to use is the ADP provided by Debbie Watch. I participated in multiple mock drafts by the Debbie Watch crew. They do fantastic work over there, but they actually have ADP for these Debbie guys. And let's just look at where some of these guys were going 
in the summertime leading up to 2019. And I'm just going to pick some names that kind of really stick out to me. So no surprise at the top, you've got DeAndre Swift and Jerry Judy, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Rondell Moore, you know, the usual suspects. But right here, Eno Benjamin at 11. Right now, if we were redoing a Devi startup, there's no way I'm taking Eno Benjamin 11 overall. Najee Harris was going 20th, so his stock has just risen up. And in the game versus uh, Auburn this past Saturday, I think it solidified Najee Harris being one of the top running backs in the 2020 class. At six foot two, 230 pounds, the lateral quickness, the light feet, the ability to use him as a weapon out of the backfield. He, he rarely is taken down on first contact. He's got soft hands. He is powerful. He's physical. And he doesn't have a lot of mileage because he hasn't really carried the ball into, up until this point in his college football career. So Najee Harris, for me, is solidified, locked in, top five running back prospect in the 2020 class. Uh, Kylan Hill, 21st. Chuba Hubbard, 21 overall ADP. Now, here's where it starts to get a little fun, right? So, A.J. Dillon was going 22nd. So, that means you're drafting A.J. Dillon at the back of the second round in a Debbie startup. No thank you. And salute to you, A.J. Dillon, because he finishes, well, the regular season. There's still some more games, but he's third in the nation in rushing. So, I don't want to diminish what he's done uh, from a rushing standpoint in college. But when we're talking about the transfer of that skill set to the NFL, I'm just not seeing it from A.J. Dillon, two-down grinder who does not look very explosive. I'll pass on A.J. Dillon. Trey Sermon was going 23rd, you know, and this isn't the injury victory lap because I do not do that, but Trey Sermon, uh, a two, top two-round pick, uh, I don't think so. Keontae Ingram, one of the more disappointing players in 2019. He was my running back one in the 2021 class. And he was essentially overtaken by Roshan Johnson, who was a quarterback turned running back at the University of Texas. Keontae Ingram, I don't know. I just, it, it's disappointing to see the fall for Ingram this college football season. I don't know if he's going to be able to regain that back, but he's got the size, right? At six foot one, 220 pounds, very productive freshman season. We'll see if he can uh, if if he can make an improvement in 2020, but the way it looks right now, it's not looking good for Ingram. After Keontae Ingram, the next running back off the board over the summer was Zamir White, the running back out of Georgia, nicknamed Zeus. He looks like he should be an absolute stud next year, but he really hasn't performed to that level this year. It's been the Brian Harrion and DeAndre Swift show, so we'll see in a featured back role how Zamir White looks. I think 30 overall is appropriate. Trey Sanders, we see have to see how he comes back after that foot injury. Max Borgie at, at 32nd overall, I think that's a good spot for him. I can definitely see his ADP rising over the summer. Tamarion Terry is just, to be so big and so fast and so explosive, he's somebody that if he does not declare for the draft in 2020 because he is eligible, I think he could shoot right up there as a top five wide receiver in the 2021 class. This kid is big, he is fast, and he has grown on me something serious this college football season. I know Garrett Price over at Dynasty Nerds has been a big Tamarion Terry fan for the longest, and I was a little late to the party, but I am full fully on board the Terry hype train out of Florida State. They'll have a new head coach next year. So I'm really hoping, depending on what the coach is, who it is, that he comes back for one more season. Would love to see him continue to grow 
and get better and improve that ADP. Colin Johnson was inside the top 40. No thank you. He's not even the best wide receiver on his team. Ricky Slade was also inside the top 40, the forgotten Penn State running back behind Noah Kane and Journey Brown. Wouldn't surprise me if Ricky Slade transfers sometime this offseason. Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman, 42nd and 43rd overall in ADP. They were going in the fourth round of Debbie startup drafts. Right now, Jamar Chase is probably a top five pick, top two pick after Rondell Moore, as some may even say before Rondell Moore as far as 2021 wide receivers. Justin Shorter, how big of a disappointment has he been throughout his career? The number one ranked wide receiver prospect a couple of years ago has entered the transfer portal. It has not panned out at Penn State for Shorter. And this is the this is the strategy that is Devi. I mean, you take a shot on these young freshmen, they may not pan out. A lot of these guys that we were really high on. You know, uh, Joe Nada, and he's still very talented, 2022 eligible prospect. Trey Sanders, John Emery Jr. And I'm telling you right now, if Zach Evans, the five-star prospect out of North Shore High School in Houston, if he goes to LSU, I think he's going to push John Emery Jr. For, for, for carries. I mean, Tyrion Price is already, he's the guy who was coming in after Clyde edwards Elayer. So, you know, it's it's really risky when you're going three, four years out. And I, I really don't like to build my Debbie squad that way unless the prospect is can't miss. And when you're talking about can't miss prospects, I mean like quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, players like that. It's it's really it's really it's really sketchy when you start diving two, three, you know, three, four years in advance with these Debbie prospects. So going down the list, a couple of more names that I want to mention. Antonio Gandy-Golden over the summer was outside of the top 50 in Debbie startup drafts. Devonta Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama, who some are saying is going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft, was 73rd overall in ADP. True freshman uh, Brees Hall, man, fantastic-looking running back out of Iowa State, 84th overall in ADP. Brevin Jordan, the outstanding tight end out of Miami, right outside of the top 90. Lynn Bowden Jr., shout out to Scott Connor, who's been talking about Lynn Bowden Jr. for the longest. The wide receiver turned quarterback at the University of Kentucky, who just went over 1,000 yards rushing on the season. That's after catching over 30 passes as a wide receiver. Lynn Bowden Jr. is an intriguing prospect. He's eligible for the 2020 draft. He's going to play wide receiver. But that versatility that he's shown running the ball, being able to catch the ball, he's just an athletic kid, you know? He, he I don't want to say he reminds me of Randall Cobb just because Randall Cobb went to the University of Kentucky, but he's very versatile like Randall Cobb was at UK. And I think Lynn Bowden Jr., there's a future for him at the next level. If he stays in one more year and really develops and refines, maybe they can move him back to wide receiver and he can show that, yes, I can run the full route tree and catch passes. I think Lynn Bowden Jr. is a talented, talented college football prospect that has a spot at the next level, but he was being drafted outside the top 90 coming into the season. Eric Gray, that 2022 running back out of the University of Tennessee who had his breakout game this past Saturday, 96th overall, but let's dive deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper and talk about some guys who look like they're going to be studs in 2020, and that and I'm talking about Michael Pittman Jr., the USC wide receiver, 109th overall in startup drafts. Jake Smith, my guy at the University of Texas, 113th overall. That's probably appropriate, but you know I'm a big Jake Smith fan. And let's get to the man himself, Joe Burrow, 
the one-on-one in Superflex formats if you need a quarterback. LSU prospect was going 117th overall in the summer. And if you held on to that depleted 2020 rookie draft first round pick and you have the one-on-one, congratulations because you got Joe Burrow on the way and that is the free square of all free squares. Joe Burrow going 117th in the summer. Sage Sherratt, the fantastic wide receiver prospect out of Wake Forest, right after Joe Burrow. Devin DuVernay down there at 118th. Kyle Pitts, 119th. Isaiah Hodgins, Jared Pinckney, Warren Jackson, Clyde Edwards-Elair down there at 120th. Right after Clyde, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, this is just, I, I haven't been more excited for late round, just these prospects who were not even, these guys were afterthoughts. Nobody, nobody was worrying about Elijah Collins out of Michigan State, who was 120th overall in ADP over the summer. I mean, this is why you cannot just discredit these rookie draft picks in Debbie Leagues. This This is my biggest takeaway on the season, and I hope you guys are listening, and please take heed to this. Do not dismiss and devalue those picks and throw them away because they will they will become valuable at some point in time. Will they become Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, Devin Duvernay, Michael Pittman Jr. valuable? Who knows? But we didn't think that coming into the season, so you just never know. And the one name that you did not hear on this list who wasn't even being drafted this summer, the one name who wasn't even being drafted that has the potential to be a top 20 pick in the NFL draft based off of the success of these mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, Jalen Hurts. Nobody was even taking him. Nobody wanted him. He wasn't being touched. He wasn't being drafted. And again, if you held on to those depleted picks, round of applause, congratulations for you because you hit the jackpot. Now I want to look at some of these statistical leaders for the college football season and just cutting it off at week 14, some of the guys who really stood out this year. And I'll tell you my thoughts on them from a dynasty rookie draft perspective as well. The number two leading receiver in the country, Jamar Chase, over 1,400 receiving yards and 17 touchdowns. He's a Blitnikoff Award finalist. He, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Pittman Jr., the top three wide receivers in the country, And uh, I think Jamar Chase is going to win that award. He's got probably three more games left to pad those stats. He is a lock to be a first-round pick in 2021 in the NFL draft. And in Debbie Startups next year, he's 101-102 with Rondell Moore. So Jamar Chase is an absolute stud. Third in the country, Antonio Gandy-Golden. Devin DuVernay, fourth overall in receiving yards in the country after week 14. He has 103 receptions on the season, over 1,200 yards, eight TDs. Big play DuVernay. You know, I'd feel comfortable taking him in the second round of Dynasty rookie drafts next year. He's that talented at 5'11", 210, probably a legitimate 4'3", 40-yard dash speed, can run the full route tree. He is going to be a dynamic slot-wide receiver at the next level. Michael Pittman Jr. rounds it out uh, the top six. He's six in the country with over 1,200 receiving yards, 11 TDs, six foot four, 225 pounds. That prototypical X wide receiver, line him up outside, but he has shown that flexibility and versatility to play inside. He's a senior bowl invite along with Duvernay and AGG. I think Michael Pittman's stock is going to continue to elevate. He's going to run fast at the combine. He's going to test well, and I can definitely see him being 
a, a day two pick. And by day two, I mean round two. I don't think he's falling to round three. Devonta Smith, you know, not Jerry Judy. Devonta Smith leads Alabama in receiving yards with over 1,213 grab, 13 TD grabs. Uh, you know, in 12 games, he had 65 receptions. And in the SEC, Devonta Smith is one of those sleeper prospects for me that you'll probably be able to grab in the second round of your dynasty rookie drafts. Brandon Ayuk and Isaiah Hodgins, 8 and 9, both Pac-12 guys. I'm very, very high on the both of those. Hodgins is a bit bigger at six foot four, really good route runner. Brandon Ayuk, if you're looking for speed, he's your guy out of Arizona State. Rashad Bateman rounds out the top 10 in receiving yards with over 1,111 TDs. Another one of those top 2021 eligible prospects in your Debbie drafts next year. He's going to be a top 10 pick. James Prochet, the wide receiver out of SMU, is a sleeper. He is a possession wide receiver evidenced by his 102 receptions for over 1,100 yards and 14 TDs. And I've talked about this on the show before. SMU has a very good pedigree. Trey Quinn, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Cole Beasley, very good wide receiver pedigree. I think Prochet is somebody that you'll probably be able to get in the fourth round or the waiver wire of your dynasty rookie drafts in 2020. The big guy out of Colorado State, Warren Jackson Jr., he had over 1,100 receiving yards, 14th in the country, six foot six. want to see how he tests. I want to make sure that he is not a Hakeem Butler clone. I want to see his uh, lateral agility drills, three cone, short shuttle, make sure he can get in and out of breaks. But I think he is a uh, intriguing wide receiver prospect if he decides to declare. Tyler Johnson, 15th in the country for all the hate that he's had and, you know, the knock of not being invited to the Senior Bowl, still top 15 in receiving yards in the country. He and Bateman, which is fantastic to see two Minnesota wide receivers in the top 15 of uh, receiving yards in the nation. And, you know, Tyler Johnson, he he is a route runner. He's a technician. He is not the most explosive athlete. He's not going to wow you with any testing numbers, but when you put him on the field, he can play. The fact that he wasn't invited to the Senior Bowl is a little bit concerning because that may just that may just be us fantasy football community a lot higher on Tyler Johnson than the NFL draft community is. But hopefully if he performs well at the East-West Shrine game, he gets an opportunity to come on over to the Senior Bowl and show his stuff with the top uh, senior eligible prospects in the 2020 class. Justin Jefferson, two LSU wide receivers over 1,000 yards. It just shows how good Joe Burrow has been. Jefferson, I've called him the discount version of Jerry Judy. He's a fantastic route runner. He's got very, very good size, and he's just a smooth athlete. So I like Justin Jefferson out of LSU. David Bell, one of my uh, freshman All-Americans that I did midway through the season, over 1,000 receiving yards and 7 TDs on 86 grabs as a true freshman. You know, Rondell Moore had 112, 114 as a true freshman. David Bell comes back and grabs 86. So he's not quite Rondell Moore, but they should form a very, very dynamic tandem next season in college football. I think they're probably going to be the best two wide receivers in the country. Uh, for Purdue, we'll see who's throwing them the ball. C.D. Lamb, it's, it's ridiculous that he has so many receiving yards on only 50 catches. He's got 50 catches and 14 touchdowns. Just shows how freaking dynamic CD is. And then the last guy I want to talk about on this list is Tamari Terry, the Florida State prospect. Talked about him a few minutes ago. 
but 51 receptions over a thousand yards and eight TDs at six foot four to be as fast as he is. He, he's just a very, very intriguing prospect for me. And I said that's the last guy, but I, I do want to talk about the nation's leader in receiving, and that is Omar Bayless, the Arkansas State wide receiver. He's nudged out Jamar Chase by a couple of yards. He's got 1,473 yards, 16 touchdowns. I can't ignore him. Number one wide receiver in the country. I want to see how he tests. He plays in the Sun Belt Conference, so the level of competition is not as high as we would all like. But, you know, anybody who catches 84 balls for over 1,400 yards and 16 touchdowns, we have to pay attention to. So those are just some of the guys who ended the season on a very high note. Some of the guys that I believe are going to be NFL draft worthy prospects and people that we need to go get in our dynasty rookie drafts or next year in your Debbie startup drafts. Now let's talk about the runners. All right, one of the guys who I banged the drum, pounded the table, stood on top of the mountaintop and screamed for all offseason. I said he was a top five running back coming into the year, and he finishes the college football season as the nation's leading rusher, nation's leader in scrimmage yards. It's Chuba Hubbard, the redshirt sophomore out of Oklahoma State, over 1,900 rushing yards and 21 TDs on the season, carried the ball a whopping 309 times. Chuba was just a big play threat. Every time he touched the ball, he could take it the distance. He's got that true track speed. Everything that I'm hearing sounds like he's going to declare, so we'll see if the Tylen Wallace injury impacts that at all. We'll see you know, what Mike Gundy's decision, if he's staying, if he's going, I don't know. I've heard some things or seen some things on Twitter that say Mike Gundy might be leaving Oklahoma State. I really can't see that happening. But Chuba Hubbard, if he declares, that's going to definitely shake up the running back landscape for the 2020 class. But Chuba Hubbard, absolutely outstanding. JT Jonathan Taylor, surprise, surprise, one of the nation's leader in rushing yards. Second at 761 yards, 20 TDs, and he only did it on 279 carries. So, you know, I thought he would eclipse that 300 carry season, but it looks like they kind of scaled his rushing workload back, and he he's going to be as fresh as possible as he can be going into the NFL draft next year. Jonathan Taylor, absolute stud. A.J. Dillon, talked about him earlier, not a big fan of his game, but he was third in the nation in rushing yards. J.K. Dobbins, how good has Dobbins looked this season? His vision is outstanding. He's an explosive athlete. Kind of started fumbling a little bit towards the end of the season, but Dobbins is, you know, he's a stud. You know, is he a top five running back? He probably should be for most. He's right outside of my top five for me, but uh, he probably should be a top five runner in the 2020 class. Don't know if he's going to come back uh, to, to play one more season with Justin Fields or if he's going to enter the NFL draft, but you know, over 1,600 rushing yards and 19 TDs on 250 carries. Absolutely outstanding. The young guy out of Louisville, Javion Hawkins, talked about him before. He, he does not profile as a true three-down back, but every time he touches the ball, the kid is explosive. Over 1,400 rushing yards. Somebody who was probably not picked in Debbie Startups, according to this ADP by Debbie Watch. So Javion Hawkins is somebody that you may want to target. Travis Etienne. This is, he was top 10 in rushing. And he only carried the ball 168 times. And he had over 1,300 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns on 168 touches. He, he's just so explosive. He Every time Travis Etienne touches the ball, he looks like he was shot out of a freaking cannon. It's just outstanding. Top four, top five, top three, top two. Maybe he's your number one running back prospect in the 2020 class. But Travis Etienne is a stud. 
Kenneth Gainwell did not hear his name when we were talking about ADP. The runner out of Memphis, freshman running back out of Memphis, 204 carries for over 1,300 yards, 12 TDs. He's a first-round pick for me in Debbie startup drafts next year. Kenneth Gainwell Jr. is an absolute stud. Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State, over 1,300 rushing yards, 12th in the nation. Hey, I like what I saw this year out of Zach Moss. I am not the biggest Zach Moss fan. He profiles as a two-down plotter to me, but 200 carries and over 1,200 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns, and I and I called him a plotter, and then I looked at his stats, and he had a 91-yard rushing touchdown, which tells me if he hits the open field, I don't know who he played against to get that, but they couldn't catch him. I don't think he's going to run very fast at the combine, but he is a banger, and uh, he's probably going to cause problems at the next level if you know given an opportunity to get some carries. Lynn Bowden Jr., 20th in the country in rushing yards. Again, this is a wide receiver turned quarterback that runs the ball over 1,200 rushing yards on 151 carries in the SEC. Lynn Bowden Jr., I, again, my man Scott has, has been pounding the drum for me to talk about this kid, and he's well-deserving of, of some airtime because he is a fantastic-looking prospect. Again, don't know what his role is at the next level, but he definitely has one. Clyde edwards Elair, you know, going late in Debbie startups. 118th overall, I believe, was his ADP. Finishes his 21 in the nation in rushing yards so far, 182 carries, 16 touchdowns, 1,234 yards. I think he's he's going to be drafted much higher than we even think. His skill set, a runner who can be utilized as a weapon out of the backfield, that is Clyde Edwards Elair. He is fantastic, fantastic in the receiving game, and that is not hyperbole. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, you can line him up in the backfield. You can split him out wide. There really isn't anything that he can't do from a receiving standpoint, and I hope he declares for the NFL draft. I, I just can't see his stock being any higher than what it is right now. He's got 43 receptions on the season to go along with over 1,200 rushing yards and 338 receiving yards. Cloud Edwards, Elair is an absolute stud. I want him on my dynasty rosters. Like That's one of the guys that I really, really, really want to target and really want to have on my dynasty rosters moving forward. 22nd in the country in rushing was Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts. Over 1,200 rushing yards, 18 TDs from the quarterback. Again, that dual threat type rusher and passer. He's not a Lamar Jackson. I think he's more Dak Prescott than Lamar Jackson. But we see players like that can be successful. They can be effective in the NFL if they're with an offensive mind that's creative enough to utilize that player's skill set and not try to make that player fit inside of their round hole, right? And I think if if Jalen Hurts lands on a team that is open and willing to build something around him and his skill set and his talent, he can be an effective player in the NFL. He is not as bursty and quick twitch and as athletic as Lamar Jackson, but the kid is big, the, pick, the kid is tough, he's a winner, and he's got a very good mental makeup. DeAndre Swift, probably the 101 in one quarterback leagues and possibly... If you're really set at quarterback in a super flex format, probably the 101 in a super flex format, DeAndre Swift, over 1,200 rushing yards, seven TDs on a very boring, 
boring Georgia Bulldog offense. I mean, it, it is not fun to watch that offense perform. But those are just from the nation's leaders after 14 weeks of some players that I think stood out who are deserving of some airtime, who are deserving of consideration in rookie drafts and in Debbie startup drafts next year. Now, before I get out of here, a couple of players who disappointed in 2019 that I'm still very high on for the 2020 draft are LaVisca Chenault and Jalen Rager. Both of these guys had just very down seasons. That Mel Tucker offense of Colorado is putrid. Steven Montez, I don't care if he set the Colorado record for passing touchdowns in a, in a career, he's not good. And the way they utilized LaVisca Chenault in that offense was not fun to watch. LaVisca battled injuries all season. That's that's the biggest knock on LaVisca Chenault. Can he stay healthy? But now that he had a down season, now that he battled a couple of injuries, and now that he's probably out of the top five and probably top ten in dynasty rookie drafts, I'm all about trying to acquire a couple of shares of LaVisca Chenault. I still think he's probably going to be a late first, early second round pick in the NFL draft. And can you imagine a player like LaVisca on the Philadelphia Eagles who are desperate for some wide receiver talent on the outside? Carson Wentz getting them, getting them the ball in space really quickly. He can run deep. He's fast. He's physical. I think he can turn out and, and be a, a high-end wide receiver too from day one in the NFL if he lands in the right system. Jalen Rager has been uh, just somebody that I've just really been impressed with this season, even though statistically it has not been good for him. The TCU offense was abysmal. Gary Patterson and their usage of this kid all season is downright a fireable offense that they could not get him the ball. I know they had a true freshman quarterback who's more of a runner starting out that developed a little bit towards the end of the season. But Jalen Rager, his skill set, his ability to make plays every time he touches the ball at five foot 11, 200 pounds, he is going to run a very fast 40 time. He's going to jump out of the building. He's going to run uh, quick lateral agility moves. He's going to test well. He's the reason why player profile exists. He is the reason why you can't just look at the box scores. You can't just look at the stats. And I'm glad that the analytical side uh, of his game will translate and those boxes will be checked. Rager is still a top three wide receiver prospect in the 2020 class. Don't let this season cloud your judgment of Jalen Rager. He's an absolutely dynamic wide receiver prospect. And majority of NFL mock drafts that I look at now, he's still in the first round, which tells me that NFL evaluators are kind of just throwing this 2019 tape out of the window. Jalen Rager is still an absolute stud. All right, that's going to do it for episode 35 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have yet to subscribe to the DDP, please do so. You can do it anywhere that you're listening to the podcast from, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher. Subscribe to the show. And if you are listening on Apple iTunes, if you can, leave your boy a rating, a review. I want to read some of those on air. Really appreciate you guys and the feedback that I've gotten over the past couple of weeks. It means a lot to me and a lot for the growth of this show. What I plan on doing over the next couple of weeks is I'm going to put together my end-of-season Debbie and Rookie Draft All-Americans. We're going to start to dive into the 2021 prospects. We're going to look at the high school kids that are coming out, and I'm going to put out my much-anticipated All-Avoid team. There's some players that I just think you need to stay away from. Do not buy into the hype. Do not buy into the name value. So I've got a lot of good stuff coming up, and I think we're going to do 
and end of the season 2020 rookie mock draft and a 2021-2022-2023 Debbie startup mock draft on the show coming soon. So I want to make sure you guys are prepared. But I hope you have a fantastic Monday. Enjoy your week. Start it out positive. But you know what's next. Drop the music. 